Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. so much today for your word. As we look into your word, uh, we thank you, Father, that uh, I humble myself before you, Father. Thank you that you help me, speak through me, Lord. Uh, strengthen me. Uh, give me the right word to say in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So today we're starting a series called Blessed, and uh, next week Patsy will do one of the sessions. She's going to be speaking about the greatest blessing. It'll be wonderful uh, today. And then I want to let you know, t- tonight Spirit-led prayers back on at 6 o'clock f- f- for those that would want to come and pray. Here's our text scripture for today, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So that's our uh, text scripture for today. Now, I've been following the Lord, and it's hard to believe time goes so fast, but for 39 years now. And uh, I heard about being redeemed from the curse of the law 37 years ago. And in the last 37 years since hearing about it, I have to say that I am so thankful for the times of blessing and all the blessings I've enjoyed. Uh, But then there was a few times during the 37 years that I actually experienced the opposite of being blessed, where I have had some sickness in my body, and uh, it wasn't a blessing. And because I teach this, and sometimes when you, you, know, you put your neck, as you say, on the line, and then you have something that's not what, it's not a blessing. So you can have a tendency to feel embarrassed. You, have a, you might feel like a failure, those kind of things, because of not possessing the blessing, but instead having something that falls under the curse that you're dealing with. So in, in times like this, you can have questions like, what did I do wrong? And, and I know many people have thought that, is my faith weak? We all can think that. Am I redeemed from the curse of the law? Is it really true that I'm blessed? You know, and then sometimes people think, well, should I back off of this? You know, is, is it for, is it really true? Should I back off of it? And then there's also uh, times where if there is a delay where you don't have an immediate answer, and then sometimes when you have that time and you don't have the answer, you might waver and you say, well, maybe God doesn't want me to have it. And so, you know, those are all the various things that can happen. So we'd like to lay some foundation down, and then we'll we'll build on a foundation once we lay it down. So here's the first thing that we want to say today is what is the curse of the law? What is the curse of the law? And uh, so the, the laws of the covenant that God made with his people during the time of Moses is called the book of the law. And I'll say that again. The laws of the covenant that God made with his people during the time of Moses, that is called the book of the law. And simply put, the book of the law had to be kept. Here's a scripture that explains it to us. Just moving back a few verses in Galatians, it says, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed be everyone 
who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So what we see when it comes to the law that we're talking about, you had to abide by all things that were written and it was necessary to do them. All right? So the law that we're talking about, that law reveals to us what God's holy standard of living is. You find out what God thinks holy living is, what is right and what is wrong. And his holiness is unattainable to mere flesh and blood. So when you see what God considers holy and you're just flesh and blood, his holiness and who he is, flesh and blood cannot live up to that, okay? So when somebody fell short of keeping just one point in the law, it was as they broke the whole law, as we saw in the Scripture, and then a curse would come upon them. And now here's an important thing to know about this. The curse is not the law. So if a curse came on somebody, that's not the law that came on them. The law is not the curse. And here's what we have to know. The law itself, according to God's Word, is perfect and holy. And so as Christians, we especially never want to have an attitude, oh, the law, you know, we're not under the... You know, God said the law was perfect and holy, so we don't get attitudes about the law, okay? The, the Bible says the law was given to us as a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ, and, and, it, and it, so it had its purpose, and God said it was perfect and holy. So the law to us reveals to us what God considers holy. So here's a thought, though. The curse, then, was the consequence for not keeping the law. Real simple. The curse was the consequence for not keeping the law. And this is all back before Jesus came. We're under grace, but this is back before Jesus. And so here is what the curse included. Sickness of every kind, physical and mental sickness, reoccurring sickness, in other words, come and go, sickness of long continuance, now, last week, we looked at the Scripture, the lady with the issue of blood, it said she suffered for 12 years. And so that's a long, continuing thing. And so under that curse, somebody could get sick, and it could go on for a long time, long continuance. And then there's poverty and failure and defeat and accident-prone. Those are all things. And, and even like when it comes to accident-prone, you know, if you have noticed in your life that maybe you've been a little bit accident-prone and... Uh, I'm married to a lady that her family, they laugh about things like when you have a little, and of course, if it's not serious, I mean, if, if it's real serious, they wouldn't laugh, but my wife's family, uh, you know, you could have a little accident and they laugh. And so her father, you know, he had some funny things happen, like, you know, he, he was, you know, it's almost like a cartoon. He's on a ladder uh, on the side of the house and the ladder starts falling back and he's going like, and you know, and he goes back well, her brother's out, you know, he's out working with his father, and Patsy's brother just laughs so hard as his father falls backwards, like about one story high. And then Patsy's father, he walked into the garage one time, and he stepped on a rake, and the rake came up, and it's just kind of like a cartoon, you know, like in his face like that. And again, they laughed at him. 
they grew up in the mountains, so he's up in the mountains in Colorado, and he's pulling on this one tree, but behind him there's another tree, and it's kind of like, the, the, and it had a point on it, and kind of, and he went, and it came, and then he fell back on that, and that, that can hurt, and her brother's there laughing, you know. So, you know, uh, when it comes to these kind of things, if, if you notice that there's some, you have that, instead of saying, like claiming and going, I'm accident prone. Well, why would you want to do that? Uh, what you could do is actually use your faith and not allow that to happen. And, and we can do that in all areas, so, you know, like, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it later. So anything that you notice that comes around, you don't have to say, well, I have this or this happens to me. You, you can stop it. And we'll, this is what we're going to talk about as we get into this today. And uh, so here, let's move on and we'll come back to that. But under the law, um, the things that we're talking about, all those things, they would come on people who didn't do everything that was written in the law. So let's just get this real clear. Jesus became sin by taking our sins, right? He took the penalty for sin upon himself so that every curse of the law was placed on him. The consequence, all those different things, they were placed on him. And so, here, think about this. When Jesus was walking on the earth, he never sinned. He was perfect. He had to be perfect. The Bible said he was the second Adam. The first Adam messed up. And so, Jesus came. He was tempted just like the first Adam, but he didn't sin. That qualified him to be our redeemer. So, he never tasted sin when he walked on the earth. He also did not taste any sickness. He never had a sick day when he walked on the earth. So when it came time for Jesus to be crucified, at the, his crucifixion, that's the first time that he tasted or became acquainted with sin, and it's the first time that he became acquainted with sickness. So he took our sin and he took our sickness. He became acquainted with that, okay? And so we can say that he took our sin and he took our sickness. That's why we say that. Another way to say it, Jesus was cursed so we could be blessed. He redeemed us, as we read in the scripture, from the curse by becoming a curse for us. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, as we just read. In order as we read the blessing of Abraham, it was secured for us and it would come on us by faith, okay? So let's just take a second here and let's define the word blessing. Here's what the definition is. An endowment of God's beneficial power that gifts us with his goodness, permits and empowers us to do something and brings well-being in every area of life. So that's, that's a little bit of a, a mouthful there, but uh, let's work with it a little bit. It's an endowment of God's beneficial power that gifts us with his goodness. So God gifts us with his power. He endows us, endues us, whatever you want to say, with his power, and, and that is we get goodness. He gives us some of his goodness and then it permits us and empowers us to do something. When you, when, you know, and then 
it brings well-being in every area of life. And so it's amazing. Do a study sometime and look at how many times in the Bible you see the word bless, blessing, and blessed. Now here's an example. Look at this in, in uh, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 22. It says, and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea and let birds multiply on the earth. Now, this is right after he created all the animals and the fish and everything. Every time when he created, then he blessed. So, all right, so get this. He said he blessed the animals and the fish, and then he said, be fruitful and multiply. Let's go back to our definition and apply it now. So he blessed the animals, and it's an endowment of God's beneficial power that gifts us with goodness, and then it, it permits and empowers us to do something. When he blessed the animals and the fish and the, all what he created, he, what, he, what he was doing there is he was permitting and empowering them to be fruitful and multiply. So, you know, we use the word, and, I, and I, I'm, I, every time I write an email, I noticed uh, that, you know, I, grew, I've been, I lived on four continents, and I noticed when I came into the realm of the British uh, where they had influence, they say kind regards or regards. And that was different for me because I would just do everything. I'd say blessing. Every time I sign an email, I say blessing. And then I saw, hey, so sometimes I'll do kind regards or regards. Or, but but a lot, most of the time I go blessings, you know. And, but we, so we get in the habit of doing that. But there is, it's very weighty when you say bless, I bless you. It's really weighty when God says, I bless you. It's really weighty. It's got some power to it. So, he, so then look at Genesis chapter 5 and verse number 2. It says, male and female, he created them, and he blessed them and named them man when they were created. That's powerful. So go back there. He created an endowment of God's beneficial power that gifts us with his goodness, permits and empowers us to do something, and brings well-being into every area of life. So this is the way it started. So right after creation, you never see anything about a curse. What you see is after creation, God blessed them. It was only blessing, okay? And, of course, Adam made, and Eve made a few bad decisions there. And, uh, and then the curse of the law, of the fall, excuse me, when they made their bad decision, that's what you call the curse of the fall, F-A-L-L, and that had its consequences. And then later on, God brought, gave the law, and then there's the curse of the law, you know, so you understand how blessed we are because when Jesus died and he took care of the sin problem, when, when man fell, he, there was a spiritual death. Jesus took care of spiritual death when he died and took our sin, but then he also took care of the curse of the law. It's wonderful. And so we're blessed. Say that. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. <laughs> and uh, so we have a sweet lady in the church. She's a prayer. And and uh, when, when I first met her 10 years ago, she's been, we've known her for 10 years, we, and, and ever since we've been going as a church, she's been here, but, and, and she's a powerful lady. And when I say, how are you doing? She goes, I'm blessed to be a blessing. And so after so much, I thought, when I go to her, I, I shouldn't ask her how she's doing. I should go to her and I say, you're blessed. So most of the time, I'm successful. There's a few times I mess up and go, how you doing? And then she goes, I'm blessed to be a blessing. It's really real to her that she's blessed. She knows that she's empowered and blessed to do something. She's, and she's fruitful and blessed 
and powerful when she prays and, and, and she's fruitful as a Christian, etc. And so to know this, okay, now here's some of the blessings that are in Deuteronomy uh, that we see where it talks, it says health, prosperity, success, victory, and then that we are the head and not the tail. We will be above and not beneath. And so that's what we see in the book of Deuteronomy where it, when it tells Israel that you'll be blessed in the blessings of Abraham. And so these areas that God, you know, he cares about our health. He, wants, he, he says, I'm, the blessing of Abraham is yours by faith. You're redeemed from the curse of the law. So let's get some practical thing here and talk about some applications here and some thoughts. So Exodus chapter 34 and verse 7 and verse uh, and, and the first uh, second part of that verse it says but i do not excuse the guilty i lay the sins of the parents upon the children and the grandchildren the entire family is affected even children in the third and fourth generations so when christians read in the old testament and they read that they they'll use the term uh, generational curses and, uh, and sometimes it brings a concern to people because that's in there. And then even other uh, groups, they, somebody, you know, the word karma would be kind of like that because of what you did. Now you're paying this price. So, you know, it, it goes like those kind of thoughts. So let's talk about some of these practical things today and what to do and how does this fit with Christianity and us. So here's something that you want to see. Research from a variety of fields affirms disease and other problems can be passed down in family lines. Now, that's proven research. It's with medical fields. It's with uh, emotional and mental. I mean, these are doctors and people that are educated, and they research, and they came up with this. So, you know, I was in the hospital, I don't know, about three years ago. They asked all these questions about my mother, my father. They want to know your history and what's in your family line. And the reason is because they have this research, okay? So um, it's proven scientifically that things can follow in the family line. All right, so here's a question, you know, and, and uh, when a challenge arises in your life, how do you think about that? Do you think, oh, this is a generational curse? Is it genetics? Is it DNA? Well, whether or not, I don't know who invented the generational curse, but somebody, I think it was probably somebody that reads the Bible and they got it based off of that scripture. But whether, what terminology you use, it doesn't matter. What's important is it's proven medically and all that some things can follow into your family line. So it's very wise for you to know about your family line. And here's, here's what we can say about that. Does it need to be broken? Okay, so here's some answer for that. I'm going to remind you, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. The penalty of the curse is no longer on us. So, in the realm of God and the Holy Spirit, the work is done and the curse is already broken. But then you say, well, but I experienced this and my father experienced that. And I'm going to give you a testimony. Uh, Ten years ago, I just was doing a routine I was actually getting life insurance maybe longer than 10 years ago now. But um, whenever I got my first life insurance policy, and uh, I had to do blood tests. And so, I, so it came back, and they said, we can't give you, we can't do your insurance policy because your, your PSA level, and if, 
If you don't know what that is, it's for the prostate, so like maybe ladies don't know. My PSA level was too high, and so they wouldn't give me, uh, my, the, they wouldn't give me life insurance. So, uh, so because of that, you know, they said, you're going to have to go and get more tests. So I went, and I did this for about a year, and I went, and it kept going up. And then when it got up to 10, that's not good. And, and you, I just have to be honest with you, I'm not perfect. I got into fear because my father had cancer in his prostate, and my older brother had cancer, and I was, next, I was the next one in line. So I'm just being honest with you. If you thought I was perfect, now you know I'm surely not. And, uh, and I got into fear. And so I, I stayed away from the doctor for seven years after that. Because <laughs> I, I, I did not want to hear the C word. I did not want to hear that C word. You know, and so, um, and, and then when I finally had to deal with it, I had a Dutch, you know, a South African Dutch doctor that grew up in church, and he made this statement. He goes, eventually, everyone has to face their fears. And so I, 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 I had to face it. Now, here's the good news. Um, I did do a lot of, and I still, I read a lot, you know, met, I like to read about nutrition and, and supplements and all that kind of thing. So I read that, you know, eating walnuts is good for men, their prostates. Drinking lemon juice is good for men. And even when, and I'm Italian, so I, I have plenty of cooked tomatoes, but you know, a tomato is better for you if you cook it a little. Just when it starts getting soft, it releases uh, something. I can't think of it. Yeah, say it louder. Glycopene, something. I, I probably didn't pronounce it right, but it releases that. And that is a cancer fighter, you know? So I did all these kind of things and I took supplements. So the good news for me is, you know, I had some swelling, but I had no cancer. And, you know, everything's been resolved and, and everything's fine. Uh, but see, here, here's a point I want to make. If we know something is in our family line, do we just sit back and do nothing? And if you're going to get anything today, here's what you got to get. Or can we go on the offensive? Can we do something and head it off at the pass? And the answer is yes. Okay, but I, I could have started speaking to that area, but I didn't do it. And so then you get to a certain age, and then the same thing that my father and brother, it, it crept up and it was there. You know, and, I did, and I thought, boy, I should have spoke to that, you know, and, and I didn't. So this is like really important. So you know, what you know about your mother and father is really good. And what you learn from that, you can, by faith and with your authority in the name of Jesus, you can actually do something about that and prevent it from happening. Okay? So... Um, so here's, here's a, here's, I'm going to remind you of the scripture again in Galatians 3. Notice this again. It says that we receive the promised spirit through faith. Now here's some thoughts for you, like a contrast between the Old Testament and the New. What, what the Bible says before Jesus and what it says after Jesus. So before Jesus, as we mentioned, they were under the law. Now here's what it says. It says if you do everything written herein, he said, the Lord said, I will keep sickness off you. So based upon your performance and how well you did, then if you did your part, the Lord would keep that off you. That's under the law. So your behavior and how you act and everything, that was how you kept sickness off. It wasn't by prayer, the name of Jesus or faith. It was by your 
performance, how you performed. It's important to get this. So now, I want to make this clear, our, our lifestyle and how we live is important. We should be Christ-like. But you don't approach God based on how good you are. Okay, that, that might have been in the Old Testament, but now we do Christian lifestyle, but our approach to God, it's a faith thing. So in the New Covenant, it's simply this. Resist the devil and he'll flee. The devil's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. So you take care of your Christ-like lifestyle, but you make sure you use your authority and faith when it comes to the devil. Does that make sense? That's the difference between those two covenants. So what we want to especially do in the covenant that we're in is like if you, if you know something about your family line, you start now. And I, I mean, and if you're in your 20s, you know, like obviously a lot of times you got like 10, 20 years before, like there's some of these things are activated by age. But if you know it, hey, why don't you get in a habit even when you're young? If you know something and, and say, in the, and how do you do that? Well, you can say, you can do something like this. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. And I, the blessings of Abraham belong to me. So in the name of Jesus, I declare right now, I call my prostate well and healthy, and I declare that it will not swell up, it will not have cancer. I speak to my prostate. I speak to my blood. I declare this about my blood. I speak to the organs in my body. I speak to my bones. I speak to my ligaments. I speak to my mouth. And you, whatever, anything like that, you can, you can do it now. Okay? So if, if there's anything that I wanted to, in my heart, get to you guys today, is this. Okay? Uh, look at James chapter 4 and verse number 6. Um, says, but he gives more grace. That is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Okay? And it's really important that we humble ourselves before the Lord. Then it says, submit yourself. Now, that word submit can be yield, and it could be also humble. But you yield, submit, humble yourselves to God. And then it says, resist the devil, and he will flee. So God gave us the responsibility of resisting the devil, and he gave us some responsibility. So, you know, you don't have to get heavy and make it laborious. What did we say last week that Jesus said, my, my burden is what? And my yoke is easy. I did that backwards, huh? I messed you up. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. But, um, but so, so Christianity should not be heavy and bur burdensome. But, you know, just when you think about it, you think about a part of your body and you just say, in the name of Jesus, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law and I declare that part of my body is well. I call it well. I speak to my immune system. Immune system, I call you strong. Immune system, I declare that you're working right. And all these kind of things. So, you know, one, back years, uh, years ago, before we, we, were, we were just getting ready to move to Italy. That was the, the first continent that we lived on after growing up in America. So somewhere back in 1993. Before, on our way out, we did a conference with an older minister uh, named Norval Hayes. And, uh, and he wanted to go in the, the whirlpool with us, whatever you call it, the hot tub. And so I thought, wow, you know, I was 36 years old at the time, and I thought, I'm going to be in this hot tub with this guy 20, 25 years older than me. He's still alive today, and he's in his 80s. And I, I thought, I'm going to get a nugget of truth from this guy. So get in the hot tub, and he's telling Patsy and I, he goes, I'm waiting for this nugget of truth. He said, I'll tell you. He said, you got to speak to your body. And he kind of had a Tennessee accent, 
which I, I, I can't do anymore, but he, with his Tennessee accent, you know, you got to speak to your body. You got to speak to your body. You got to speak to your body. And so then he went and walked around, and then he came back and said, you got to speak to your body. That was my nugget of truth. <laughs> That's about all he said. <laughs> but maybe I needed to hear that. Okay? But, you know, just think about, think about that you have authority. You have the name of Jesus, and, and God said you're blessed and the blessing of Abraham belongs to you, you can speak to your body. You're anointed to do it. You're graced to do it. You're blessed to do it. You, you have authority. You're seated in heavenly places. You can declare things and proclaim things. You can do it because of him by grace, not because of how great we are, but because of him. Praise the Lord. I'm going to invite the worship team back up today. And as they're coming up, say this with me. Say, I have authority. I have the name of Jesus. I can cut things off at the pass. I can speak to my body. I can speak to my mind. I can speak to my emotions. I can declare and speak all areas of my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, I thank you for everyone that's here today, Lord. And if there would be somebody that's with us today that doesn't know Jesus as Lord, and they're not able to have this wonderful thing to be in redeemed from the curse of the law. Thank you that you speak to their heart and make it really clear that there's heaven to gain, there's hell to lose, that they can have eternal life, they can be cleansed and forgiven of all their sins, Lord. Thank you for making that really clear. And Father, I, I thank you that it, it's real simple to everyone that they know that you said in your word, if we confess Jesus as Lord and believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. So thank you, Father, for ministering that to anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as Lord, that it's really simple. If they believe in their heart and confess with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, they'll be saved. Now, based upon what I just said there, we're going to do this confession. And if you're with us today and, and you do not know Jesus as Lord, this is your opportunity to confess him as Lord. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. And it brings you into the kingdom of God and you're cleansed from your sins. So let's say this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Jesus, I thank you so much. You took my sin. You took my sickness. You died for me. You went to hell for me. You were raised from the dead for me. Jesus, I call you Lord. I believe God raised you from the dead. You're welcome in my heart. Thank you for loving me. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.